Do you know where you are going? How would you know you have arrived? Imagine being asked this question concerning your journey in life. Hello, in this episode, I will be looking at why you need a powerful vision in life. I asked a few people this important question. What is a vision? Do you want to uncover the secret to a successful life? Are you tired of the ordinary and need fresh business ideas? Do you want to learn how to live a happy and healthy life or improve relationships? If so, then welcome to the Spirit Building Podcast. Join your inspiring and motivational host, Felix Anim Sarsa, on Spirit Building, the place for building the successful you. Hi, welcome to the Spirit Building Podcast. This is Felix here. Thanks for listening. So as I said at the beginning of this podcast, this episode is about the reason why you need to have a powerful vision in life. In 1961, US President John F. Kennedy expressed a powerful and compelling vision to put a man on the moon before the end of the decade. Now listen to the impassionate and great speech he gave to the joint session of the US Congress on the 25th of March, 1961. Finally, if we are to win the battle that is now going on around the world, between freedom and tyranny. The dramatic achievements in space which occurred in recent weeks should have made clear to us all, as did the Sputnik in 1957, the impact of this adventure on the minds of men everywhere who are attempting to make a determination of which road they should take. Since early in my term, our efforts in space have been under review. With the advice of the Vice President, who is Chairman of the National Space Council, we have examined where we are strong and where we are not, where we may succeed and where we may not. Now it is time to take longer strides, time for a great new American enterprise, time for this nation to take a clearly leading role in space achievement, which in many ways may hold the key to our future on Earth. I believe we possess all the resources and talents necessary, but the facts of the matter are that we have never made the national decisions or marshaled the national resources required for such leadership. We have never specified long-range goals on an urgent time schedule or managed our resources and our time 
so as to ensure their fulfillment. Recognizing the head start obtained by the Soviets with their large rocket engines, which gives them many months of lead time, and recognizing the likelihood that they will exploit this lead for some time to come in still more impressive successes, we nevertheless are required to make new efforts on our own. For while we cannot guarantee that we shall one day be first, we can guarantee that any failure to make this effort will make us last. We take an additional risk by making it in full view of the world. But as shown by the feet of astronaut Shepard, this very risk enhances our stature when we are successful. But this is not merely a race. Space is open to us now, and our eagerness to share its meaning is not governed by the efforts of others. We go into space because whatever mankind must undertake, free men must fully share. I therefore ask the Congress, above and beyond the increases I have earlier requested for space activities, to provide the funds which are needed to meet the following national goals. First, I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the Earth. No single space project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important for the long-range exploration of space, and none will be so difficult or expensive to accomplish. We propose to accelerate the development of the appropriate lunar spacecraft. We propose to develop alternate liquid and solid fuel boosters, much larger than any now being developed, until certain which is superior. We propose additional funds for other engine development and for unmanned exploration, explorations which are particularly important for one purpose which this nation will never overlook, the survival of the man who first makes this daring flight. But in a very real sense, it will not be one man going to the moon. We make this judgment affirmatively, it will be an entire nation, for all of us must work to put him there. Secondly, an additional $23 million, together with $7 million already available, will accelerate development of the Rover nuclear rocket. This gives promise of someday providing a means for even more exciting and ambitious exploration of space, perhaps beyond the moon, perhaps to the very end of the solar system itself. Third, an additional $50 million will make the most of our present leadership by accelerating the use of space satellites for worldwide communication. Fourth, an additional $75 million, of which $53 million is for the Weather Bureau, will help give us at the earliest possible time a satellite system for worldwide weather observation. Let it be clear, and this is a judgment which the members of the Congress must finally make, let it be clear that I am asking the Congress and the country to accept a firm commitment to a new course of action, a course which will last for many years and carry very heavy costs, $531 million in fiscal 62, 
and an estimated seven to nine billion dollars additional over the next five years. If we are to go only halfway or reduce our sights in the face of difficulty, in my judgment, it would be better not to go at all. Now, this is a choice which this country must make. And I'm confident that under the leadership of the space committees, of the Congress and the appropriating committees that you will consider the matter carefully. It is a most important decision that we make as a nation. But uh, all of you have lived uh, through the last four years and have seen the significance of space and the adventures in space. And no one can predict with certainty uh, what the ultimate meaning will be of mastery of space. I believe we should go to the moon. But I think every citizen of this country, as well as the members of the Congress, should consider the matter carefully. And even more revealing was the vision he unfolded at the Rice University in Houston, Texas, on the 12th of September, 1962. Listen to the address. I appreciate uh, your president having made me an honorary visiting professor, and I will assure you that my first lecture will be uh, very brief. I am delighted to be here, and I'm particularly delighted to be here on this occasion. We meet at a college noted for knowledge, in a city noted for progress, in a state noted for strength, and we stand in need of all three. For we meet in an hour of change and challenge, in a decade of hope and fear, in an age of both knowledge and ignorance. The greater our knowledge increases, the greater our ignorance unfolds. Despite the striking fact that most of the scientists that the world has ever known are alive and working today, despite the fact that this nation's own scientific manpower is doubling every 12 years in a rate of growth more than three times that of our population as a whole, despite that, the vast stretches of the unknown and the unanswered and the unfinished still far outstrip our collective comprehension. No man can fully grasp how far and how fast we have come. But condense, if you will, the 50,000 years of man's recorded history in a time span of about a half a century. Stated in these terms, we know very little about the first the 40 years, except at the end of them, advanced men had learned to use the skins of animals to cover them. Then about 10 years ago, under this standard, man emerged from his caves to construct other kinds of shelter. Only five years ago, man learned to write and use a cart with wheels. Christianity began less than two years ago. The printing press came this year. And then less than two months ago, during this whole 50-year span of human history, the steam engine provided a new source of power. Newton explored the meaning of gravity. Last month, electric lights and telephones and automobiles and airplanes became available. Only last week did we develop penicillin and television and nuclear power. And now if America's new spacecraft succeeds in reaching Venus, we will have literally reached the stars 
before midnight tonight. This is a breathtaking pace. And such a pace cannot help but create new ills as it dispels old. New ignorance, new problems, new dangers. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. William Bradford, speaking in 1630 of the founding of the Plymouth Bay Colony, said that all great and honorable actions are accompanied with great difficulties, and both must be enterprised and overcome with answerable courage. If this capital history of our progress teaches us anything, it is that man in his quest for knowledge and progress is determined and cannot be deterred. The exploration of space will go ahead, whether we join in it or not. And it is one of the great adventures of all time. And no nation which expects to be the leader of other nations can expect to stay behind in this race for space. Those who came before us made certain that this country rode the first waves of the Industrial Revolution, the first waves of modern invention, and the first wave of nuclear power. And this generation does not intend to founder in the backwash of the coming age of space. We mean to be a part of it. We mean to lead it. It was once the furthest outpost on the old frontier of the West will be the furthest outpost on the new frontier of science and space. Houston, for we have given this program a high national priority, even though I realize that this is in some measure an act of faith and vision, for we do not now know what benefits await us. But if I were to say, my fellow citizens, that we shall send to the moon 240,000 miles away from the control station in Houston, a giant rocket more than 300 feet tall, the length of this football field, made of new metal alloys, some of which have not yet been invented, capable of standing heat and stresses several times more than have ever been experienced, fitted together with a precision better than the finest watch, carrying all the equipment needed for propulsion, guidance, control, communications, food, and survival on an untried mission to an unknown celestial body, and then return it safely to Earth, re-entering the atmosphere at speeds of over 25,000 miles per hour, causing heat about half that on the temperature of the sun, almost as hot as it is here today, and do all this, and do all this, and do it right, and do it first before this dictator's out, then we must be bold.
I'm the one who's doing all the work, so uh, we just want you to stay cool for a minute. However, I think we're going to do it. And I think that uh, we must pay what needs to be paid. I don't think we ought to waste any money, but I think we ought to do the job. And this will be done in the decade of the 60s. It may be done while some of you are still here at school at this college and university. It will be done during the terms of office of some of the people who sit here on this platform. But it will be done, and it will be done before the end of this decade. And I am delighted that this university is playing a part in putting a man on the moon as part of a great national effort of the United States of America. British explorer George Mallory, who was to die on Mount Everest, was asked why did he want to climb it. He said because it is there. Well, space is the there. And we're going to climb it. And the moon and the planets are there. And new hopes for knowledge and peace are there. And therefore, as we set sail, we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous and greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. Thank you. This dream of mankind visiting the moon became NASA's written goal and vision in the days that followed. And the rest is history. On July 20th, 1969, only five months shy of that end of the decade target, Neil Armstrong set foot safely on the moon. That was an incredible thing in history. These were his words. I'm going to step off the limb now. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Indeed, it was a giant leap for mankind and it opened up many frontiers and countless future science explorations. The sky isn't the limit anymore, as I'm sure you will agree with me. So we can set our sights on even greater challenges that lies beyond the moon. So what made this moon landing dream possible? The power of Kennedy's vision. First, you need to run with great visions. Great visions inspire because they unleash our collective imagination. Secondly, Kennedy's vision was very specific. A great vision needs a deadline. Kennedy set a deadline. He said, land a man on the moon before this decade is out and return him safely to earth. Even though he was assassinated the following year, almost a year and some months after that bold vision, his visions were fulfilled just before the dawn of the 70s. A vision needs to be consistent and concise. Consistent in the sense that it's unwavering. 
a river cuts through a rock not because of its power but because of its persistence consistency is the key to success earlier this week i had the opportunity to speak to a few people about their visions some of those i spoke to were parents undergraduates students aspiring to go to the university as well as workers in the academic world let's listen to what they think is a vision to them and how they hope to achieve this vision this year or sometime in the future um, what is a vision to you I think it's a case of saying uh, the direction that you want somebody to be heading in or yourself to be heading in and perhaps your purpose, even if you don't know how to get there. Right. Um, do you have a vision for the year? Um, yes, it's to help people achieve what they want to do. And how confident are you that you're able to achieve this? I'm, I'm pretty confident. I think it's a case of giving students signposting to say, yeah, this is the way you can get to your course or your career or your, your passion. And it's about helping them find out their own way, perhaps, but also signposting them along the way. Why are you here? Well, I'm here to promote our courses for the Colchester University Centre Colchester and also to give students the opportunity to find their path and their vision. Well, that's, that's very good. And the last thing... Where do you see yourself in the next five, ten years? Oh, creating more music and helping more students, I think, yeah. What type of music, if you don't mind? What type of music will you... From classical through to prog rock albums and uh, rock and pop and folk, everything, and shows. My vision is to make people, or younger people, more aware of what's happening in the world and also, like, educating myself, too. Because I feel like that's very important, as with the next generation. That's good. That's good. Um, do you have a vision for this year, this year, 2019? Do you have any vision? Yeah. Um, at home currently, I'm working on sort of digital software, and I want to um, be able to make digital animations more often, and I'm using a software called Blender, which I've been using for around two weeks now. So I want to start creating more animations on my laptop. Good. So you're into animation then, yeah? Yeah. Right. Um, how confident are you that you'll be able to achieve this um, this goal this year? Um, at the moment, I'm hopefully I can like get a two-minute video, but I need to start creating more storyboards because I'm just getting used to the actual software. So. The Spirit Building Podcast. What is a vision or a vision to you? What is a vision? So a vision to me is um, something that you are aspiring to do in the future. So, yeah. Good. Do you have a vision for the year? Well, for the year, I just my aim is to focus on my studies and just to do the best I can. Brilliant. Um, how confident are you that you'll be, you'll be able to achieve this? Well, percentage-wise, probably like 80%, because I'm working quite hard right now. Um, yeah. um, where do you see yourself in the next five, ten years? Um, I would like to finish uni, and I would have had have a job, a house, a husband, and just settle down in my life and be like, do have my dream job, 
have my dream house, live where I want to live. Like, I don't mind. I can, I'll be traveling as well with my husband. But yeah. Yeah. Any dream job in mind? Um, I want to be like a child psychologist or work in like education and psychology. So yeah, that's my main focus right now. So what is a vision or a vision to you? Vision is a goal that you want to achieve that you can see yourself doing like in the future. Okay, so a goal that you can see yourself doing in the future. All right. Um, do you have a vision for the year? Play more basketball and just get better at it. All right, that's good. That sounds good to me. Um, how confident are you that you will you'll be able to achieve this? Very confident. Like extremely confident. Do you do you do you, I mean do you practice after after school or what what are you doing towards it? Uh, play in college and then I play outside of college like. I just train by myself sometimes. The Spirit Building Podcast. And the last one, um, what's your purpose for the day? I mean, why are you here? To find a uni, to progress in life and just get a good job that I actually want to do, really. What is a vision or a vision to you? A vision isn't that something like what you'd like to do when you're older, so maybe what you've done after school and things like that. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, do you have any vision for the year? Uh just to um, get into year 13 for next year and finish my levels and get to uni. That's Brilliant. Uh, how confident are you that you'll be able to achieve this? Uh, not very confident yet. I feel like because there's loads of things that distract me from my work, I just need to work a bit harder, but hopefully by the end of the year I'll be more confident. What does it mean to have a vision? What does it mean to have a vision? Um, I think it is about having an idea of where you want to get to over a long period of time. Um, it's having a target to be some, somewhere, something, uh, longer term. Good, right, so do you have a vision for the year? Do you, you yourself have a I, vision? Do I myself have a vision for the year? Um, I, I don't have a personal vision for the year. If I gave it some thoughts, uh, I probably would have. Um, it's, that's quite a hard question to answer on the spot, I think. <laughs> uh, one of those, I think. Right, so what's your purpose here for the day? Why are you here? Why am I here? I am uh, promoting uh, my university, which is London South Bank University. Um, I'm here talking to a lot of sixth form students about what they're interested in studying um, and why they might be interested in coming to see us uh, and uh, apply to us. Uh, and it's very interesting. Um, yeah, are you a career advisor? Or no, I am a market researcher. Um, so I work in marketing and I am essentially part of the main function that is to promote the university. So, yeah. That's good. Um, where do you see yourself in the next five, ten years? Oh. Um, I, there are a number of ways that can go. I think I might be... Uh, I will... Uh, I, I, will have, I will be working in a different capacity somewhere. I'll have either gone up in my career, I'll have changed uh, thing. I may be on my working for myself. I may be working for another company. Um, I may be working in a different country. I don't know. Uh, it is um, my main... Uh, I am probably living in a slightly different place and I am somewhere higher up my career ladder. Um, but I don't know much beyond that. The Spirit Building Podcast. Um, to have a vision to you, what, what does it mean? 
To have a vision, well, I mean, it can be anything. It can start from, you know, wanting to run your own business, wanting to be a successful um, captain of industry, sports person, parent. It just depends. It's from where you start to where you hope to finish and who you can, you know, positively affect, you know, along the journey. Brilliant. Um, I like that. Um, do you have a vision for the year? Do I have a vision for the year? Um, personally, or do you mean... Yeah, personally. Personally is to ensure that my children are healthy and happy and that, you know, they continue to achieve the goals they want, you know, in life and aspire to be, you know, good individuals. Brilliant. How confident are you that you're able to achieve this? I'm very confident, you know. I had a fantastic upbringing. I was very privileged to go through an international upbringing. My parents, you know, sacrificed a lot for myself, so I understand the hard work, you know, needed to, to give your kids and yourself, you know, the best best start in life. Well, uh, where do you see yourself in the next five, ten years? Um, depends if I win the lottery or not, but if not... <laughs> Just trying to be happy and successful, you know, in everything I do, in work, life, and play, and just to ensure that I'm a good father, brother, son, and, you know, I try to affect people in a positive way and treat people like I'd like to be treated. That, you know, that's all I can ask. Brilliant. Thank you very much for your time, sir. Absolute pleasure. Take care. The Spirit Building Podcast. What is a vision to you? What is a vision to you? Uh, so a vision to me is more... I say aspirations for, for the future, um, sort of wanting to make a positive contribution um, towards society, um, and uh, yeah, just making making a dif making a difference that way. Brilliant. Um, do you have any vision for the year? If I should ask. Vision for the year. Um, for me, I'd say uh, graduating um, from my course as a politics student, and um, I'm studying politics and international relations currently, and um, yeah, also securing a securing a job after graduation as well. <laughs> Brilliant. How confident are you that you will achieve this? Um, I say I'm in the middle. I mean, I'm sort of, I'm I'm progressing with it. I feel like the like the stepping stones are, are in place, but I feel that it's sort of it's always. I guess sort of dealing with the challenges and like finding different ways to sort of execute my my visions, my targets for the future. Really, you see yourself in the next five, ten years. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, that's study politics, right? Um, yes, yes, study politics. So, um, say hopefully uh, working for a charity or um, non-governmental organisation. Yes, yeah, sort of in a role where I can represent represent them, um, sort of hoping to make a difference, to a positive difference to society. Um, yeah, towards, towards society with disadvantaged people in society as well. Um, I feel that's something that something that I'd be I'd be interested in. I feel that like through studying politics as well at university has kind of like, helped me to sort of have a broader understanding of, of different political systems. Um, just in the UK, but at worldwide as well. So, yeah, it's really open to us. Man, thank you very much for your time. Right. What is a vision to you? What is a vision? Um, uh, I don't know, something I enjoy. I want to do something I enjoy that 
hopefully pays well. <laughs> and I, I'm interested in like sciences or computing, like game design sort of thing, or forensic science. I've, I don't really have an actual plan, but I have a lot of things that interest me. Good. So um, how confident are you that you'll be able to achieve this? Quite confident, I think, because my school is very supportful of, like, helping us know what possibilities we have in the future for, like, uni or apprentices, impre apprenticeship yeah. things. Um, and... I've looked into courses and things, and I get—I think I get good enough grades to be able to go to uni and not worry about that sort of thing. The only thing is the money side, but with—I I think I, I'd get enough financial aid and stuff to be able to support it. So, where do you see yourself in the next five, ten years? Um, in five years, where would I be? Is that uni time? Is that like in school or is that after school? Yeah, after school. I mean, after school. Career-wise. I don't know, anywhere really. I mean, I, I was thinking about going into police one one time uh, <laughs> and then I went into the idea of maybe being a, a doctor, which I, I think I'm still at that area now. So right now, if you ask me, I'd say I'd be working in, uh, like, focusing, like, getting the career in a doctor down, like, getting my training and finding the area I want to specialise in. Right, brilliant. Thank you very much, yeah? The Spirit Building Podcast. People of vision see the invisible. They hear the inaudible. They believe the incredible. They think the unthinkable. And they do the impossible. Vision releases fate to do the impossible. Proverbs 29 verse 18 Where there is no vision, the people perish. The most powerful force in the universe is a vision, one whose time has come. It unleashes a force like a volcanic eruption. It is never too late to set a vision for your future. This is because a vision is the roadmap to your future. As a matter of fact, a vision is the only thing you can become. As a man sees, so he becomes. A vision brings clarity to your life. A good and powerful vision is challenging and will stretch you to break away from your old and into the new. It is empowering. A powerful vision will set you on fire. The number one reason why people fail in life is because they suffer from having insufficient vision or lack of vision. Such people usually conclude that there is no more world to conquer and as a result they are not inspired to take on new challenges in life. Inadequate vision will cause you to be restful and at ease in Zion.
Amos 6 verse 1. Now where there is no vision, death is imminent. So what is a vision? What is a vision? A vision is the art of seeing the invisible. A vision is the ability to see beyond the natural. The ability to see with your spiritual eyes. In fact, it is the insight that forever alters your sight. It becomes the glasses, the frame of reference, and the prism through which one views life. It is a vivid mental picture, which is so real, so real that it focuses one's life. It is the vision, the idea, the dream that gives life both purpose and passion. Where does a vision come from? A vision originates in the mind and spirit of a person. It can't be God-given or a personal one. They are thoughts, concepts, revelations, bursts of inspiration, insights that cause a whole new way of thinking. It's a new way of perceiving things. It's a burst of light that enlightens a person. Now these lights are turned on suddenly at a point of darkness or confusion in the mind of a person. It is like bright light turning on in a person's mind. Now a powerful vision brings illumination in the individual's mind. This sudden spark of illumination may be a spiritual idea, a scientific idea, a social idea, an economic idea, an educational idea, a political idea, or an aesthetic idea. But regardless of that area, it is an idea whose time has come. A vision sparks change, revolutionized thinking, necessitates a new paradigm. Offer a new pattern to follow, provoke social upheaval, produce new ways of doing things, transforms living patterns. A vision has the power to transform you and change others. Can your vision transform you and change others around you? The birth of a vision. All men see, but not equally. The first step in birthing a vision is to see it. If you can see it, you can have it. All things are possible to him that sees. All things are possible to him that sees. 
In fact, vision and faith are synonymous. In Joshua 6 verse 2, the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho, its king and mighty men of valor into your hands. We clearly see here God speaking to the servant Joshua to have a vision of the fallen Jericho and its warriors. In other words, Joshua was supposed to see the total annihilation of the city with his eyes, with his spiritual eyes, even before it happened. This is what a vision does. It gives you a clear mental picture inside you, even before it materialize, materializes or shows up in the natural realm. Vision releases the, f the faith that we need to do the impossible. Vision captivates you and motivates others, and oftentimes intimidates everyone else. For the Apostle Paul, his vision came through a heavenly vision. As a result, it changed his fate, his life, his values, his priorities, his relationships, his directions, his purpose, his destiny, his all. He was willing to give up everything and counted laws in order to fulfill his new heaven, heavenly calling. Compared to it, everything else was mere rubbish. Philippians 3 verse 7 to 8. So comparing his vision to everything else, it was mere rubbish. For the rest of his life, he was captivated and motivated by this heavenly vision. Later in his life, Paul could say, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. Acts 26 verse 19. He did not have the vision. The vision had him. He did not have the vision. The vision had him. This is so important. He described it this way. I press on to take hold of that which Christ took hold of me. Philippians 3 verse 12. Just important that the vision have us rather than we having the vision. That is the key. On the Damascus road, Paul did not take hold of Christ. No, it was Christ who took hold of him. That's always the way it is with God-sized visions. They do not originate on earth. They originate in heaven. They are not born in the moment of time but are birthed in the aeons of eternity. They are not conceived in the mind of man, but are conceived in the heart of God. What visions are you pursuing this year? What is the vision that motivates your life? What is the vision that motivates your life?
Is it a God-centered vision or a personal one? Does your vision have transforming power in it? Enough to change you and others? Is it a vision that will benefit mankind or just you? Don't underestimate the power of a vision. The future belongs to those who see possibilities before they become obvious. What vision will you pursue this year, knowing that it can become a reality? What vision will you pursue this year, knowing that it can become a reality? Once again, thank you so much for being a listener on this podcast. Subscribe and share this podcast with a friend if it has helped you a lot. On to the next episode, take care of yourself and don't stop dreaming of a great future. Do you want to uncover the secret to a successful life? Are you tired of the ordinary and need fresh business ideas? Do you want to learn how to live a happy and healthy life or improve relationships? If so, then welcome to the Spirit Building Podcast. Join your inspiring and motivational host, Felix Anim Sarsa, on Spirit Building, the place for building the successful you.